0: We're going to start here at verse 13 again, go down through as far as we can in the hour, and then whatever we don't get, we'll get next week. And uh, the folks uh, were on the internet or the YouTube that see it, I know the uh, verses say uh, 14 to 23 or 13 to 23, something like that, we'll just go as far as we can and we'll catch next week. And uh, we're in a hurry to go nowhere, so it's a good thing, all right? Uh, Romans 14, if you will, uh, let's just start reading here in verse 13 and uh, just kind of get the feel of the rest of this chapter here, a large section, but it's, it's rather uh, uh, straightforward. Let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. And I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably. Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and the things wherewith one may edify another for meat destroy not the work of God all things indeed are pure but it is evil for that man who eateth with offence it is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that commendeth not, I'm sorry, condemneth not himself in the thing which he alloweth. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And again, that is a large section, but it's rather straightforward. And we have to remember the context here coming into verse 13, that issue of the judgment seat of Christ, the relationship between the weak, weaker and the stronger, and the fact that the judgment seat of Christ belongs to Christ, belongs to the Lord. It's not our place to sit in judgment of the weaker brother. Let every man be persuaded in his own mind, we can never uh, accelerate or advance the edification of anyone all we are to do as a stronger believer is to, is to put the information in front of them. Here's the verses. Here's how to think about this or that. Here's, especially in the, this passage is eating and drinking things offered to idols, and we'll see that here in, in just a minute. The goal in this section, in the relationship, is really verse 15. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat... Now walkest thou not, how? Charitably. And the issue here now is what Paul's going to focus in on is this issue of charity charity, and to be charitable. And what we're going to find here is Paul is going to say, Look guys, as a stronger believer, he's really going to put the responsibility on the stronger believer. There's a responsibility of the weaker brother not to make demands of the stronger, yes, but in this section, Paul's going to come in and say, listen, you need to have a full understanding of this relationship that you're to have with a weaker believer, okay? And in order to do that, obviously, we're going to have to go to 1 Corinthians 8 and 1 Corinthians 10 are the other two passages that talk about this, Really, come over to First Corinthians eight, if you will, and just kind of catch what we're dealing here with because of the issue of our liberty. We have liberty. I, I said it a couple times already. No one has the right to give up their liberty, but we do have the right to. Gi- we, but we do have the liberty to give up our rights. Okay, and uh, Harry Boltimus said that in his book. in in his book on Romans. But the thing is, is we have a liberty in Christ. Stand fast in the liberty, Galatians 5.1. And yet, at the same token, as a stronger believer, what do we fully understand? That with liberty comes responsibility. And that issue of being charitable, if you look at 1 Corinthians 8 and verse 1, now it's touching things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity what? Edifies. E- Edifieth. Now, that verse is a summation of Romans 14, 13 to 23. That verse right there just summed up what we're going to be looking at in Romans 14. Do we not all have knowledge? Yeah. We understand uh, especially meets things offered unto idols we need to understand the connection between having knowledge and being charitable. There's a connection there. And what really it boils down to is how does charity manifest itself? What is it going to look like here? So see, true charity demonstrates a willingness to sacrifice our choice, our liberty, to go serve the weaker, which is what we were talking about in Romans 14 with the judgment seat. What is our job? We get this edification built up in us, this edifice, and we're going to come over here now and serve the weaker. That's what he's dealing with in Romans 14. Why? Because as a stronger believer, what is my goal? My goal is to get the weaker brother brother or sister prepared for the judgment seat of Christ. Help them. Get them going. Move them. Help them grow. <laughs> Here, keep the information in front of them. And again, we can't make them do it. See? And that's where, that's where the problem rubs. Because what does a stronger brother want to do? <laughs> you know, what are you doing? Ah, you know? And then, so stick something in 1 Corinthians 8. Come back to Romans 14. So when you think about this issue here and what we're going to be looking at in this section of Romans, our liberty and our freedom is a very glorious thing. God loves freedom. He loves choice. But just as much as He loves freedom, He loves responsibility and accountability. And what happens is, is when we begin to learn and understand about our liberty... It becomes a dangerous thing when it's misapplied. So we have to be careful with it. The weaker believer doesn't know how to apply their liberty. You see, they have liberty in Christ. It's part of their spiritual blessings. They just don't know how to apply it because we have extremes, don't we? We have a pendulum on one side that says, you know what? I I have liberty, and I can go live any way I want to. Regardless of the consequences, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of how it's going to impact others. Actually, 1 Corinthians 10, I told you, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 23, he says, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. What's What's the weaker doing? I, you know, because I'm the issue, I am able to go and do and enjoy anything I want to. And who cares what it's going to cost, the consequence, the impact on others. So the weaker brother, I'm going to say brother because in fourteen one it's him, it's a him, <laughs> But the weaker believer, because ladies, you do this too, you can abuse liberty and saying, you know what, I have liberty, I can go do whatever I want to do. The stronger believer understands that, but does what? Makes that choice to, to temper that. Then the other extreme for the weaker believer is to be afraid of their liberty, to be frightened by it and Based on some of the smiles, that's where a lot of, you know, but you have this, and being frightened by it, not because they don't, the the being afraid of liberty is really what Paul is dealing with in Romans 14. They don't understand that there's this operating principle of grace, go back to Romans 14, there's an operating principle of grace that provides liberty. And in that, it provides the privilege of making choices and making decisions based upon doctrines learned. What do we know? We know that we can go eat anything, that the idol thing isn't the issue. But for the weaker brother, believer, sister that just came out of that religious system, what are they scared to do? Go eat anything. Why? Why? Do they not have liberty to eat? Sure, but they just don't understand how to do what? Apply that liberty. And that's really what Paul is after here. So the weak is scared to death. They're more comfortable with a legalistic system of just tell me what to do and what to not do. (laughs) Okay? Or they're going to abuse it. And say, well, I have liberty, so I can just go and, you know, do whatever I want. Do you have liberty to go eat anything? Sure. One's going to say you shouldn't because it was offered down at the, uh, at the temple. So it can't have KFC because that chicken was offered as a sacrifice to, you know, okay. Or they say, you know what, I can not only have KFC, but I can have all of it. And there's an abuse there. That's why in chapter 14 of Romans, that's where you need to be. So stick something in Romans 14 and 1 Corinthians 8, because that's where we're going to concentrate. You have to remind ourselves, 14.1, him that is weak in the faith. Again, not weak morally, not weak in a reputation manner, but weak where? in the faith. They're, they're saved. I mean, think about someone who comes out of a religious situation, gets saved, and then is, comes to understand the word rightly divided, how foreign these ideas are to each other. They're, they're on the opposite spectrum. And yet, you got to work through. I, I, I use the illustration back when we were meeting at La Quinta. So, you know, it's been a long time ago. <laughs> and we had a, a young a, a man come in, and he was becoming a part of our assembly. And uh, he, we did the communion. And we used a little cup and a little wafer, and we just did what we always had done. And he got mad. He got upset. And he's like, I am not doing that. That's too much like what I left, the Roman Catholic Church, Mass. So I said, okay, we're never doing that again. So we sat, and him and I, and some of the other men sat, and we studied out the Lord's table communion. And so when we do do it, we do it. We don't do it that way. We do it a, a meal, a fellowship meal, because that's what we came to the conclusion of what it really is. We never again pass the cup or the wafer for that, because what would we have done to that guy? We'd have destroyed him. We'd have wounded him. He would have fallen. He'd have perished. It would have become a stumbling block. Okay. So when you have verse 1, what are we doing here? Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. We're not out looking for an argument. We're not out looking for a fight. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. They don't have all the information. They don't have everything on board yet. They don't understand how grace works, how the grace life works. They don't understand the liberty. They don't understand that, that wonderful way the doctrine is designed to impact the way we think about life, about liberty. They, they're not there yet. So in 14.13, where we're at, Paul says, "...let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather." Do you have the right? Yes, I do. I have the right to go down there to KFC and order the full bucket of chicken and sit there and eat it. And I'm using KFC because, you know, you could go to Popeye's. I like Popeye's better anyway. Okay? But see, the thing is, is what does it do to the impact of the weaker believer? Do I have the right? Yes. Yes. But I don't have the right to exercise my liberty at the expense of someone else, of someone who doesn't understand, who hasn't built up in the realm of their inner man the doctrine. You follow that? Okay? So let's go have coffee. That's what he's doing. We're good to go, right? Obviously not going to happen, okay? (laughs) But see the thing, because i got 45 more minutes with you. We're going to drill this into you. And, and really, the reason is, is because of that issue of charity. Okay? Not love. Charity is not love. Charity is love in action. You see, love is the way we view people. But God commended his love toward us and not why we were yet sinners. How does God view people? Sinners what did he do he loved them he died for them but charity is the way we treat people okay charity is never self-serving there's a list there was a list back there about charity in first corinthians 13 and a list there of what charity is it's never self-serving it's never self-promoting true charity is is hypersensitive to the spiritual condition of others, in this case, the weak. So Paul places the responsibility on the shoulders of the stronger believer, and he points to the stronger, and he says, Judge this rather, verse 13. Judge yourself. Examine you. What are you doing? Don't blame somebody else. Again, I've said it over and over again. You're not the victim. Romans eight thirty seven says you are not a victim. Get over yourself. You're not special. I love that, because what? Because everyone in this room thinks they're special. I know you don't think that, but I get a look back there. I don't think that. You know. I, okay. Yeah, you do. I get it. Okay. What? But you know, you got 1 Corinthians ten. Look at 1 Corinthians 10. Frustrates me to the dickens when you talk to people and you try to help them and they just sit there and play the victim card. Look at 1 Corinthians 10, 13. <clears throat> there hath no temptation taking you but such as common demand. You see that? There, it doesn't say there hath no temptation taking you because you're a member of the church, the body of Christ, and a Christian and believe in right division. It says, you know what? Things come along in life are what? Common to who? Everybody. You ain't special. God's not trying to teach you something. He's not trying to cause you to do something and be something that you're not. He says, when trouble comes, we've all lost loved ones, whether it's two-legged or four-legged. We've all lost loved ones. We've been there. We understand. It's, we can have that morning together. Well, you know, the Lord's trying to teach me to have a little more patience. No, he's not. You know what teaches you to have more patience? Life does. Commonality does. I told Linda, we were talking about going into Costco, and I I ran over there the other day, and I told myself, I'm not coming back into this place until February of 2025. It was just, I mean, don't get me wrong, I enjoy the winter visitors immensely about this much, especially after coming out of Costco. You know, my back of my feet got hit so many, oh, sorry. It was like, dude, really? I'm a pretty big guy still here, you know. I got a big cart. It's loaded down, you know. But see, life teaches you patience, doesn't it, you know? So I'm going to go to Costco tomorrow right in the middle of the storm. And you know what will happen? There will be 800,000 people there because you know where they're from? Minnesota, Canada. So they're used to the storm, aren't they? Chicago, you know, the whole bit. Anyway, get off. I'm really revved up about that. I don't know why, but go back to go back to Romans 14. Don't go to Costco and don't see, if you see Rick at Costco, go the other way cuz he's armed for bear. <coughs> what does he say verse 13? Judge this rather. How are you going to respond? You see the responsibility sits with you. What did he just say in verse 12? So then every one of us shall give an account of who? Himself, to God. Hey, stronger believer, how are you responding to the weaker? Now, don't get me wrong. The weaker believer isn't off the hook completely because they have a response mechanism as well. And they have a responsibility. That's what he's talking about there in verse 23. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat. Who would be doubting? The weaker brother, see. The weaker believer would be doubting, can I eat this or not? He doesn't have that, and yet what does he do? He still goes on and eats it, but he's eating it out of what? Not of faith. He's just eating it because he sees a stronger guy eating it, going, well, if he can, I can. I just don't understand why. You follow that? Now, 1 Corinthians 8 is helpful here in this. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 8. And it's helpful in catching what Paul is doing here in getting an understanding of how all of this works, the issue of being charitable and the issue of uh, of judging this rather. How do I respond now to the weaker brother? Okay, well, knowledge, we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth, right? But look at verse 9. But take heed. Lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. There's verse 13. judge this rather. You've got to be careful 14:13 judge this rather that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Take heed. judge this rather. How does God want us to think about our, Actions, our interactions with those that are weak in the faith. Well, don't put a stumbling block. Don't do something that's going to wound them, that's going to cause them to fall, that's going to cause them to perish. So we have to ask ourselves, does my action cause a stumbling block? Does my action cause the weak to fall? How am I doing? Is what I'm doing demonstrating the wise use of my liberty in the sound doctrine what am i doing again it's not what are they doing it's what am i doing be careful take heed so i'm to judge myself i'm not to blame the weak for being weak i blame myself if i'm not helping their spiritual growth the responsibility lies here notice in verse nine take heed uh, the issue of the stumbling block to them that are weak. If you look at verse 11, and though and through thy knowledge the weak brother perish. See that? So strong language here. Now slip, slip back to Romans 14 just real quick. A stumbling block. Verse 13, no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. So what do we have? We have a stumbling block, We have a parish, we have a wounding, we'll see in a minute, a stumbling block. A stumbling block is something that's designed to slow down, okay? You go down, I don't know if any of you guys come in on 13th, right over here, below, south of us. We do. All of a sudden, there were two speed humps put in the roadway. They didn't stripe them. So guess what Rick takes them at? 50 miles an hour, you know. Now, fortunately, I was in the truck, so it just handled it like it was a bump. But I was like, whoa, where did that come from? Whoa, where did that, you know. Those are stumbling blocks. There's actions or behaviors or attitudes which causes the weak believer to violate their conscience to the degree where he's going to fall. He's going to perish. He's going to be destroyed. He's going to be wounded. So the exhortation here of Paul to the stronger is, you need to judge this rather. I'm going to be careful not to be the cause of the stumbling for that weaker believer. I know I can eat anything offered. I know the issue with God isn't that. Okay. But I don't have to execute exercise my right in eating that. Okay? Verse 22, 1422. Hast thou faith? Have it to who? Thyself before God. Happy is he that commend, condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. You know what Paul says? You have a right to eat, you have a right to drink, but you know what? If it's going to impact a weaker believer, you need to shut up and keep it to yourself. You don't need to open your mouth, you don't need to make a big show, because what do we like to do? Look at how strong and how much I know, and I can do the, no, there's to be no, no boasting about it, no big show about it. No announcing it. Based on sound doctrines, doctrines learned, we can carefully evaluate the spiritual condition of another and quietly sacrifice and serve them. We don't We are not to have it to who? Thyself. Isn't that interesting? Keep your mouth shut. Remember what he said in Romans 3? That the law made the whole world guilty and it what? Shut? It shut it up. God's sitting there going, shut up. Enough. So what are you to do? Do you have the right? Sure. But man, when you're around a weaker believer, what are we to do? We're to be careful. And we're to be aware of it. So when you come back, We're not to have that open show. We're to be a helper of their joy. So flip back to 1 Corinthians 8, verse 9. But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. Catch by any means. So there's a number of ways to offend the believer. You see that? In the context, verse 10, For if any man see thee which hath knowledge sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? You see, the context here isn't he's using something very specific. He's using the thing back up there in verse 1. As now is touching things offered unto what? Unto idols. See? What do we know? Verse 10 If any man see thee which hath knowledge, what kind of knowledge do we have? We know that none of that matters to God. We know that God could care less about that. Come back to hold on there, come back to 1417. What does God care about? For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. See, God, the eating and drinking ain't the issue with God. What's the issue with God? Righteousness and peace and joy. Where? In the Holy Ghost. You see, what is of importance to God? It isn't eating and drinking. It's what's going on in the realm of your inner man. Where does righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost take place? It takes place, Ephesians 3:16. the Spirit strengthens your inner man. You see, what happens here is, is, as a stronger believer, what have we come to understand? That the issue with God, go back to 1 Corinthians 8, the issue with God is not what you're eating and drinking, it's what you're building into that edifice of that inner man, okay? By the way, that's what 14, 17 is. Everybody gets tripped up on that kingdom of God phrase, you know. Because, by the way, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what does he tell the little flock that one day they will do in the kingdom? They will sit and eat and drink with him. And then God says, eating and drinking ain't the issue. Oh, so now we have a, no, you have, you have the, actually what you really have, honestly, for the little flock is the two things that they need. They have to have the spiritual condition set up so then they can enjoy the physical blessings that have been promised to them. So they have to have the righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost so that they can sit and eat and drink with him in the kingdom. They, those two in Israel's program go together. For you and I, it ain't that way. You and I, it's about what's going on in our inner man. So when you come back to 1 Corinthians 8, notice what he's just done here. Look at 8 verse 1. Now, as touching things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge, knowledge puffed it up, but charity edified. Now, he's not going to talk about you being a vegetarian or a vegan. What's he talking about? He's talking about eating and drinking stuff offered in a pagan religious system. That's what he's talking about here. That's the context of the eating of the meat and drink. It isn't the context of, well, you just don't like to eat a big juicy cheeseburger from Chili's with all the trimmings. I don't eat meat because it's bad for you. That's not what he's talking about. And by the way, if somebody says I don't eat that because of a health, and you sit down and smack down on that ultimate cheeseburger from Jack in the Box, you're not offending them in Scripture. Now, you may pause a moment to have a conversation about, you know, okay. See, what is he? He's dealing with something very specific here. The weak, where was the weaker brother, believer, sister? They were in that pagan idolatry religious system. You remember what he said of the Thessalonians? You guys are looking at me like I'm nuts. Come over here to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 1 for they themselves verse 9 for they themselves show of us of what mannering of entering in we had unto you and how you turned to God from what from idols in the in the in Greece in the where the Corinthians are at and where Rome is there was hundreds of thousands of idols when you go into the historical record there's one one of them and I can't say the name so I try not to offend people by butchering their but one of them, the meal of choice for one was fried chicken. Yeah. Uh-huh. So here you are in, you, you know, let's just call it the uh, the religion of, of uh, I don't know, the front door. The, okay? The religion of the front door. And you're in that religion, and you know that you can't eat fried chicken, except for on the first Sunday Sunday. Every third month, because that's what the religion of the front door does. So here you go, you go to the swap meet, you meet Marla, you get saved. Marla says, but I got a Bible study for you, and you come to understand the word rightly divided. And then on the first Sunday of the third month, we have a potluck, and what's sitting on the table? Fried chicken. And you are sitting there going, wait a minute. I just left that pagan idolatry system. And now I'm into this wonderful grace and understanding right division and liberty and freedom. And what's sitting on the table? The thing that's associated back there. Do You see where the offense could happen? You see where the stumble can happen? You see where the wound can happen? Now, the person that brought the fried chicken probably doesn't know. Okay, because usually we're very quiet in where we came from. Because what are we? We're embarrassed by it, usually. Okay, no. So what has to ha- Now we have a conversation of, hey, you know, Rick, why aren't you eating fried chicken? Well, in my old religion, this is what it was. Oh, well, I'm sorry, I didn't know that. And now we're, what is the stronger going to do? Let's educate. Okay, you follow? You see what's, look, he's not talking about not going to KFC out with the people because of this or that. We're not eating because of a dietary issue. This is a religious thing. Go back to 1 Corinthians 8. When someone leaves the hold of religion and then is placed in God's grace, then is placed in a local assembly that understands the grace life and right division, what will the weak do? They're going to be confused until they're what edified educated brought up brought forth you see how see how that as a stronger believer so here here we are you just met Marla you're in you're learning I'm standing here and I see somebody new it's like okay let's have a conversation how'd you learn what's going on you know Marla comes flying in does a hip check to make sure everything's okay you know (laughs) okay I'm just, I'm picking on Marla because I can uh, for a little bit. But the thing is, is what, as a stronger believer, what am I listening for? Well, I came from the religion of the front door, people. Oh, really? What did they believe? Well, they believed that every third Sunday of the first month of the eighth day, we could have fried chicken. Oh, really? And then you go, well, wait a minute. That's today. So guess what? The next third Sunday of the fifth month of the eighth day or whatever it is, guess what we don't have in the potluck? Fried chicken. Until who? Until the person brings fried chicken because they've learned. What have they learned? 1 Corinthians 8, verse 2, And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing, yet as he ought to know. But... If any man love God, the same is known of him. As concerning, therefore, the eating of these things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols. Notice how specific we are talking here. Okay? We had a a guy here one time. He's like, I said, hey, we're going to go over here to Applebee's and have a, uh, not Applebee's, uh, Red Robin. We're going to have a burger. And he goes, I don't eat meat. I said, really? Why don't you eat meat? Well, because of. Uh, of this and he started quoting a bunch of Old Testament verses and I'm like really you don't because of that well when if you understand right division first Timothy we can eat any And anyone just try to help him out there but guess where we didn't go we didn't go to Red Robin actually we didn't go out at all I said well okay you know and he goes well I'm gonna go over here I said well I don't need salad he goes why not I said because I know better <laughs> you know and he just kind of, he did what you did. I said, I'm just kidding, you know, relax, calm down, you know. And, uh, and, and we ended up, he had to go anyway and so forth. But the thing, he isn't talking about that. He's talking about come, you've come out of a religious system. You're weak. The stronger brother sits there. What does he know? He knows you can eat anything. Look at verse 4. As concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is none other God but one. For though, there be, for though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many, but to us, see that? There is but one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we in Him, and one Lord Jesus Christ by whom... Are all things, and we by Him. Howbeit, there is not in every man that knowledge. The knowledge of what? God doesn't care about the eating. What does He care about? What's going on in your inner man? What counts with God is Christ being built up in being built up into the, in the grace. That's what counts. Because what do we know? We know that that's still it's just fried chicken. That's all it is. We know that. So Paul's talking about the freedom from bondage of the pagan religious system that regulates diet to us, verse 6, but to us, that would be verse 3, but if any man love God. See that? The love of God as a father think about that but to us there is but one god the father think about the love of god as a father you're, you're in his son you're in his, you're in his family how does a what does a father do with his children teaches them trains them brings them up educates them what does god want he wants you to be taught and educated and brought up you see the level here is is the the level of god here as a father he we are to value that wealth, that rich intimate relationship that we have with the Father as he would have with his son, as what it, we're educating and being taught and brought up. That's what Paul's getting at here. And as a stronger brother believer, you know that. You're educated in that. The weaker believer isn't there yet. So you have a, you have the responsibility to temper your liberty in order to not wound the weak. That's what's happening here. Now, go back to Romans 14. Romans 14. Go ahead. Yeah, any means. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so like the illustration I used with the Lord's Supper, okay? When when we do that, and I'm hoping to do it in next, we we can't do it because we have to be outside because of the lack of sitting area inside. So we try to do it in the winter time. So when we do the Lord's uh, the Lord's table, the fellowship meal, I teach about it here that Sunday morning. So I'm reminding everybody of what we're going to do, why we're going to do it this way. Because we tend to kind of forget some of that, even some of us guys that have been around a while. <laughs> and we look at that. Well, at, at the end of that morning message, if you want to stay, great, you're welcome. If you don't, you're you're welcome to leave. It's it's no no offense is taken either way. Okay? That's why I read that verse by any means. This is he's in the context here, he's talking about the idolatry. And coming out of, But if you come out of religion, um, some of you have come out of the Roman Catholic background. Some of you have come out of Baptist backgrounds. When you find out that you don't have to be water baptized, what does that do? Uh, you raise your eyebrows. It just turns everything upside down. See, first thing that goes for new believers is their prayer life. Because what did their religion tell them? You pray this way. God says, no, this is how you're supposed to. And it just topsy-turvies everything. Well, how do you get through that? without? Well, the, the stronger believer recognizes that and then comes over. With, again, this isn't about false doctrine. False doctrine we get over in Romans 16. He's clear. When there's bad doctrine, you smack it down quick. A little leaven-leaven at the whole lump. He's talking about relationship between the weaker and the stronger. And it's their background. Because the weaker brother, the weaker believer, there's three things going on with them. One, they have been religiously trained to think a certain way. Okay? Number two, I'm ahead of myself in my notes here. So, gun it. <laughs> number two is they have, so one is the religious training. Number two is that they have their own opinions about things. And then number three is the family cultural dynamic. I've talked to many Hispanic folks Who say, I'm not leaving that because I grew up that way, my parents are that way, my grandparents are that way, my family, we've always been. Like, okay, well, then let's try something else. And I usually, you know, so you have those three mechanisms, that's where the weak are coming from. Yeah, recognize that. Okay? That's what Paul's getting at here, and go back to Romans 14. Again, verse 13, judge this rather. How am I, what, am what I'm doing hurting the weaker brother? That's what you're looking at. And if I am, then you know what I'm going to do, I'm going to curtail it. <laughs> I'm going to stop. But again, you, you we're not mind readers. See, so you got to have a what? You have to have a relationship with them. You have to have a conversation with them. You have to come along and say, hey, how, you know, I noticed you didn't do, you know, whatever. What? Why? What's going on? Can I help you? And then you put the doctrine in front of them. Okay? Verse 14, 14, 14. I know. See that again? No. The stronger brother, the stronger believer, I know. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus. Isn't that interesting? I know, I'm persuaded. Persuaded how? By the Lord Jesus. How am I persuaded? I'm persuaded by the Scripture, by the system of revealed truth given to the Apostle Paul, given to the body of Christ. How am I persuaded by the Lord Jesus Christ? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Remember those verses? In in Timothy, Paul will say the the will of of God is that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth and I'm the due time testifier and I'm the preacher and the teacher of the Gentiles. Ephesians 3, the the dispensation is given to me, to you word. How am I persuaded? I'm persuaded by the revealed truth. I'm not persuaded by the preacher. I'm persuaded by knowledge is coming from the revealed truth. So then when I look at someone who comes out of a religious background and they're having a religious issue, now what are we going to do? Not my opinion, not my thinking, not my family background. I'm going to have to use Scripture. 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, 2 Timothy 2. Now, this is not talking about weaker brethren. This is talking about people that have left the faith. But I just get the tenor. Verse 24. <clears throat> and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, Now watch, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. Now this isn't the weaker, this isn't Romans 14, this is people who have erred concerning the truth back up in verse 16, 17, 18. They they are believers, they know the truth, they've left it. But now just they, what, oppose themselves. If God peradventure, now do you think God would have this happen? Yeah, he does want this to happen. Will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the what of the truth. How do they They oppose themselves. How are they going to rescue themselves? They're going to have to do it themselves. But what do they have to use? The truth. Verse 26. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. We'll go back to Romans 14. So that when he says, "I know and am persuaded." By the Lord Jesus Christ, that there is nothing unclean of itself. Again, what is he? But here's what the weaker thinks. But to him that esteem anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. How does that weaker believer think about this stuff that's been offered to idols? He thinks of it as what? Unclean. But what do I in Romans 14 14? But what do I know? What is the revealed truth to me said? Come back there to 1 uh, 1 Timothy 4. 1 Timothy 4. 1 Timothy 4. If you look there at verse 1 and verse 2, verse 3, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, those religious systems that dietary regulation falls in. Verse 4, what do we know? For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused if it be received with, what? Thanksgiving. See, we know that. The weak brother believer doesn't know that. What is it to them? Unclean. Romans 14, 15. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat. So what's happened? Well, the stronger is eating, isn't he? Maybe not aware of the weak, or maybe aware of the weaker believer. Doesn't say. But what's what's the result? They're grieved. Now walkest thou not charitably. You see, you're not walking where you're supposed to be walking. You should have been sensitive to the weaker brother, the weaker sister, the weaker believer in in the, the scene here. Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. See that issue about being grieved and destroyed? I mean, this is serious here. You do have the right to eat, but what is it? what may it cause problems for the weaker believer? So you need to be aware of that. You need to be sensitive to that. We need to, we need to operate carefully, don't we? So what are you going to do? Now you're going to go into Red Robin looking around. Is there anybody in here I know? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> what did you do? You know, uh, go into... What was that salad place that we used to like to go to, man? Super salad or uh, sweet tomatoes. Going to sweet tomato, loaded, and I would walk. And we are in there one day, and there's like eight people from church sitting in there and eating there. and am going, I ain't eating in here no more because they're going to see me eat something. My... No, yeah, that's not what he's talking about. Okay, he's not. He's just talking about hey, as a stronger believer, you have a relationship here that you need to be very, you need to be very careful with. Now, come back, hold on to Corinthians, come back to 1 Corinthians 8. 1 Corinthians 8. Because <clears throat> watch what he says here. 1 Corinthians 8, verse number 9. But take heed. Verse 8. But meat commendeth us not to God, for neither if we eat are we the better, neither if we eat not are we the worse. See, the issue with God isn't what you're eating and drinking. The issue is, are you building up that inner man? But, take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become the stumbling block to them that are weak. For if any man see thee which hath knowledge, sit at meat in the idol's temple. Now, see how he just got real specific where you're sitting and eating? Because back here, there were establishments that were connected with the temple worship of the idolatry system. Okay, So in other words, here sits the temple of the religion of the front door people, and right next door is a restaurant that uses the meat offered and sacrificed in the restaurant. You guys know this. Have you ever had anybody say that you went and sat at a bar and ate meal, and you as a believer should never go into a bar and don't sit there and eat in a bar, and you went into Chili's? But what does Chili's have? A bar. That's the same thing. That's the idea here. See? I've had that happen. You guys should not be eating at Chili's. Why? Because they got a bar. Really? They got a real good hamburger, dude. What do you mean? I don't, you know. Well, you. I saw you and your family sitting at the bar. Mm, so it's only open seats. So? But as a stronger, we understand that. But as a weaker, what did that look like? It looks like you're eating at a bar. So what should we not be doing? So you need to just be careful. Okay? Shall not the conscience of him, verse 10, which is weak, be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? The weak is saying what? Well, if Rick, if Pastor Rick can eat at Chili's and be okay, then guess what? I can too because Pastor Rick is doing it. Not understanding 1 Timothy 4 not understanding that I have liberty to go and sit there. Now, I'm not encouraging to go sit at the bar, okay? But the thing is, is, it's that thought process. Verse 11, And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish. Again, thing in Romans 14, destroyed. Verse 12, But when ye sin so against the brethren, and wound, now here it is, their weak Conscience, ye sin against Christ. Weak conscience, not fully developed in the sound doctrine yet. A defiled conscience, it's it's no doctrine at all. A weak one is, what are we learning? We're learning the grace life. We're learning. We're not there. The strong conscience, a clear conscience is there. Going, I can do this, I can do that. And I'm good to go. Verse 13. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend. Now watch Paul's mindset. I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. You know what he says? I will never, never, ever go into Chili's again. I'll never do that. Well, Rick, come on, man. Really? No. No. Why? Because I went in there. If I go in there, I could offend somebody. And I don't want to do that. So guess what? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going back to the restaurant connected to the idol temple. I'm not doing that. Growing up in the city of Chicago, come back to Romans 14. There are many restaurants in the ethnic neighborhoods that get their meats from the temple worship. The religion, the religious system. So you could be sitting at a great, wonderful Indian restaurant and be eating meats that earlier that day was offered to whatever, you know, religious thing. You don't know that. But somebody that's come out of that, that's saved, that's learning, that's growing, says, Why did you go over there to Hubba Bubba's? Why were you doing that? Well, I can do that then. And they do it without. That's again. That's where verse 23 comes in. No, it's in, it, you're in trouble. Follow what's okay. Now, quickly here, we got four minutes to finish the chapter. We can do it. Verse 18, 14, 18. For he, verse 17. Uh, uh, what a, boy? We we miss. What did we miss? We miss verse 16. Sorry. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. Can your good be evil spoken of? Yes. You're, you can, you're operating properly. You're properly applying liberty and grace and charity. And guess what? It can still be evil spoken of. Come over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Quickly, quickly, quickly. 1 Corinthians 10. Again, the context starts there in verse 23 about the edifying knot. All things are lawful. If you look there at verse uh, 30, for if I by grace be partaker... Why am I evil spoken of for that for which I give thanks? See that? It can happen. We're going to be careful not to. We're carefully applying the sound doctrine learned to the situation. Okay? And then yet what can still happen? It can still be evil spoken of. Okay? So then what do you do? Well, you just let it be. Because you know, between you and God, you know you're doing right. and There's no way you're going to change it unless you get over there, and now what are we doing? Now we're in the doubtful disputations. Now we're in the arguments. Now we're in the debating. Rather than a teaching being gentle and meek and so forth. Go back to Romans 14, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Again, the weak believer does not understand this. The stronger believer does. He's not... The kingdom of God, he's not talking about the outward, the physical. He's talking about the inward and the inner man. And he's talking about the spiritual development and that being the issue with God. He's not talking about over here whether or not you're eating and drinking and having a good time. Okay? Verse 18. For he that is in, the, in, in these things, serveth Christ, is acceptable to God and approved on demand. Very powerful verse here. And you have to think about this. What is the strong doing? The strong believer says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sacrifice my rights, my liberty, to serve the weaker. That's acceptable to God. If you go back to chapter 12, quickly, 12, verse 1. Remember, what is acceptable to God? 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. What is acceptable unto God? That living sacrifice idea. What am I doing in Romans 14? I am looking at the weaker believer, and I am sacrificing, and I'm living it, and I'm demonstrating it. I put it on display, and you know what? It's acceptable of God and approved of men. That means man's going to see it. Remember what Paul says that we're going to make all men see what is the fellowship of this mystery? What if, Man can see what grace really is. And you know what grace is? Grace is a willingness to suspend your rights, your liberty, for the good of the other people, the other person. But you know what that does? It makes you look weak. It makes you look like you have a weakness. But yet, what did God say to Paul? What did the Lord say to Paul 2 Corinthians 12? In your weakness, I am strong. You see what's happening there? Verse 19, 14, 19. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and the things wherewith one may edify another. What is the ultimate goal to have in life? Peace and edification see that what am i striving for i'm striving for there to be peace in the relationship what am i looking for edification and peace the local assembly is to be a place of peace that's why he's going to deal with that in chapter 16 verse 20 for meat destroy not the work of god what's the work of god That work of edification, that work of verse 19, peace and edification. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. See that word evil? You're not losing your salvation. You're not losing your justification. You're just not living the grace life. You're not living as who you are in Christ. you guys good for a few more minutes so I can get finished with this? If you're not, then... We'll, we'll say amen and go home or go to the next hour. Keep going. Okay, verse 21. It is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. What's the stronger going to do? He's not going to do that. He's going to do what? He ain't eating. He ain't drinking. He's being mindful of. He's willingly, by choice, serving the other person. Verse 22, what are you going to do? You're going to keep it to yourself, and you're going to let God. God sees your actions. He sees what you're doing. 22, hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in these things which he alloweth. Do 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 you understand why this is the issue of reasonable service here? Why Paul in Romans 12 starts this section of, I beseech you, come and join, and let's come join. Do what we're supposed to be doing. How are we going to be transformed by the what? The renewing of our mind, because everybody's thinking says, "I ain't looking weak, and I ain't giving up my hamburger at Chili's, and I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that. I'm going to have my little port of wine when I want it. I'm going to, and I'm, I'm, me, 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 me. And you know what Grace says? It isn't about you. It's about the other. faith have faith verse 23 he that doubteth is damned if he eat because he eateth not of what faith for whatsoever is not a faith is sin again the sin here isn't you know uh, it's, it's, it's evil it's, it's that that proper application of sound doctrine that's what the faith is and if you're not doing that then you know what you're doing you're doing wrong your activity is wrong that's the use of the word sin the use of the word evil By the way, Christ died for your sins, past, present, and future, so he knows you're going to do what? You're going to mess up. He's good with that. He got it. Got you covered. But what are we to do in the meantime? We're to do this. We're to be thinking about the other person. That's what we're to be doing. Okay? All right. I took five. I'll give it back to you next year. Okay? All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the morning, Lord. We thank you for your word and for this great passage. And even though as we went through it, we probably didn't do it justice, but hopefully, Lord, we'd catch the idea and the theme of it and that we would monitor ourselves, examine ourselves, that what we're doing is proper and acceptable to you. In your name we pray. Amen.